Hey there. So in this session, we have another guest explorer, and his name is Ebenezer Chinedu Ene. He's a medical student at the University of California, San Francisco, and he's interested in uh, particularly visualization and the impact of visual on the way we think. And he's also interested in exploring uh, individualistic versus collective societies and how those different perspectives might affect one's experience of the truth. And so we went a little bit longer than usual today, so I hope you enjoy that. And it was a lot of fun for us. So without further ado, let's jump in with me, Sakib, and Ebenezer, and begin with this one minute. How was your experience today? I'm just uh, resting in it for a moment. It's also it's noticing the silence afterward, mm -hmm. and especially with three of us here today, and like the maybe the urge to move in to say something, but also kind of nice to, I have my eyes closed for that time and then to open it up and we're all just kind of sitting here in this silence. Um, something kind of nice about that. I also noticed right as, right towards the end of that period of silence, something I kind of like in meditation or whatever you might call it is, it seems like when I get into a certain space or maybe particularly a physical posture, stuff will happen like uh, noises in my body uh, or 
gas being released uh, and that kind of stuff. And that happened towards the end. And I had a little burp to express. I don't know if you heard it or not. Um, but that's something that I've enjoyed. I might have mentioned it in here before, but I I burped one time in meditation, like pretty loudly. And this might feel weird to say, but I farted too in that meditation. And both of those noises or experiences to me felt like expressions of truth. Um, like there's just, it's this thing that's coming out of you and it's not in my control, but it's also happening through me. And that it feels like it's an expression of, of truth in some way that's happening. Um, and also maybe interesting in that it, it, they're both things that might generally per be perceived as bad or gross or something negative about them. Well, I guess they might have smells, but those are also being interpreted in a particular way. Um, so that's one thing that was no I noticed a lot in that period of silence for me. Also a ton of energy sort of exploding out of my core, which I've noticed in these, particularly in when we have group meetings like this, when there's three of us, mm -hmm. um, a, a lot more energy for me. But mm -hmm. yeah, just a couple things. Um, I don't know, what about for you two? Yeah, um, I, I, think it's, I think it's funny that you had a meditation and you burped and farted like it's true but also also sort of um like when when you think about meditation or whatnot it's it, at least in modern times it seems so like esoteric in a sense but that normalizes it you know it's like it's not like you're you're coming to terms with yourself in a sense um but you're also still a human, you know, like you still do human things. Um, for me, during the uh, moment of silence, um, I, I was, I felt a lot of um, excitement, you know, like I'm um, kind of like uh, nervous excitement, you know, I've never, I haven't done something like this before. So um, there was that. Um, and then also, and all the things that came with that. Um, but then after like kind of like acknowledging that and getting and 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 moving past that, um, there's also like I'm interested, like the the stuff that I've been doing throughout the week came up, um, especially like the books um, that I've that I've been reading. Um, and um, I'm curious to hear y'all's perspective on it, or at least to, or at least to share. Um, some some of the things that I found really um, profound. And what was that? What was the most profound thing for you? Um, I think the most profound thing for me was is Carl Jung's description of his of like consciousness versus unconsciousness. Um, I, up until that point, it really kind of hit me what, that he was basically s stating that, that the, that everything that we experience is just a point, right? And then there's a whole, and all the things that we think we are is just 
this one aspect and there's a whole personality behind that that is influencing every like the way we move our beliefs our fears our all other aspects um and he kind of described being the the individual being at a at a crossroads or the junction between the consciousness like the conscious who wants to understand but can't and then the subconscious who, un, who wants who understands and wants to express but is unable to and and traversing that relationship um as i'm as i'm reading uh it's just it just hits me the kind of the depth of what that entails um and the the idea that you may not be in control of everything that you've done up until this point um, was like shocking. What was the, the title of the book again? Uh, it's called uh, Memory, I think it's like Memory, Memories, Dreams, and Reflections. Dreams and Reflections. Memories, Dreams, and Reflections, mm -hmm. Carl Jung. Yeah. 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 Did you say you've read that, Sakib? No, I haven't read that. I have like read it in parts, some of its parts. Uh, but yeah, I can totally relate to <clears throat> what Ebenezer is saying about, uh, you know, this yearning of the conscious mind to learn everything, but not being able to learn everything because it is the unconscious that is learning everything because the conscious is only, uh, you know, can have taken only limited experiences, whereas the, whereas the unconscious is taking in everything. And I remember when I read that for the first time, that was also very eye-opening for me that, yes, you know, we, we think that we grasp every, everything in the now, in the moment, but there is such a narrow perspective to our, uh, to our vision, usually in, in, this, in this human context, that maybe when I'm, you know, I'm saying I'm in the now here, I'm looking at the screen, but my conscious is taking uh, the contents of the screen. However, my unconscious might not be also be taking the contents of what's happening, you know, on the right side of me, on the left side, on the back of me. So that's something uh, I could I could relate to the now, you know, what you mentioned. Hmm. It's making me think of, and and there are a couple of things in there that were really interesting. To, one thing I have a response here, but I wanted to just. Uh, mark something you said that I that I thought was a cool way of saying it was like coming to terms with yourself um mm -hmm. sounded like a description maybe of meditation and yeah. so I just wanted to to restate that and maybe just to remind me to come back to that again or not even in this conversation again in my life at some point um so I thought that was a cool way of, of putting it uh but what you're describing there about Carl Jung and like this point sort of of consciousness and then this whole vast thing behind it of maybe what you could call unconscious or subconscious or maybe everything. Um, reminds me of an experience I had one day where there was quite a bit of meditation going on and a lot of stillness and a lot of reflection. And I remember um, sort of thinking about it's almost as if, at least for me, I'd be interested for both of you. It's almost as if there's this, so there's this whole story of like Charles and of my life and my experiences and the way that I 
view things or my opinions about things or the way I would do things, maybe the way I walk or say certain things or like all of this stuff is accumulated and collected and gathered over time. And it makes up what feels like this kind of, this sort of structure of my life and the story of my life, almost as if it's like behind here somewhere, this big, like, and I'm pointing behind my head, this big like structure that lives here, almost like a, a building and all the stuff is, is in there. And like, I know it's there. Um, but I had some experience of like, it's almost like I was looking for that thing. And I, I'm pointing kind of across my face and over my head back to where it might have felt like that structure was and kind of like looking there and there being nothing there at all. Like, it's just like kind of grasping for this thing that has felt like it's so solid and is, is this structure of, of like so much that maybe there's like nothing there to, to grab and almost like grasping at air for this thing that you thought was so solid and then there's like nothing. And then back to just this point that I'm in right now, which maybe makes up everything. Uh, and which on one side could be a, a, maybe a real relieving of a ton of weight that you one had felt there, but also potentially a scary experience because a lot of that is like a foundation or a groundedness of your whole existence. And then to not have that would be like to, to lose so much of what makes sense of life. Um, and just you, you mentioning that point and the thing behind it, that was, that's like the, the image that came up for me. And it's still something that I continue to experience and I've shifted more into it being a liberating thing, but there is still also like kind of the scariness sometimes or the, uh, like the lack of groundedness that goes along with, um, the, the airiness of that structure that I used to perceive as the solid thing behind me that carries all of my story and maybe is all of the unconscious and, and everything. So maybe in a way it's there, but not in a way that I can ever really hold on to. So I don't know if any of that's making sense or, or what, like, or what comes up for both of you when I share about that. I think uh, what comes up for me is I recently remember we did a session together, Charles, and uh, I was introducing myself in that session. Uh, and I just now that you have mentioned this identity that we, you know, hold on to, kind of, you, which you feel at the back of your head. So usually for me, it's it's inside the head, you know, like it's as if it's a collection of uh, memories that is inside my head. And whenever asks me that, you know, who I am. And I, I have to give my introduction. So I would refer to that and pick up those memories from, you know, those parts of the brain. And I would throw that to the person. And recently, I remember uh, having this experience when we were doing a session predict, uh, just yesterday, I believe. And I was giving my introduction and I thought that, uh, is this really necessary? <laughs> uh, do, I, do I really need to tell who I was or do I just am in this moment and the other person can simply experience me in this moment because what I'm saying about myself is is actually it's gone it's no more relevant you know so so I can totally relate to what you are saying because it's scary also because that's like giving up the identity whatever we did till date you know all the 
university degrees and the, the job positions and everything giving up everything and then just being uh, in this moment it's, it's it actually is scary but actually that's beautiful as well because now i'm not defined by what i was and i'm just you know here in this moment and the other person can experience me as i am it could be a, a cool way to introduce yourself if if you were like so rewind back to that meeting and like you're called on to introduce yourself and in some way you state that like there is a collection of story about me but that story is actually totally intangible and re isn't real ultimately but I am here in front of you and and this is me even beyond you know the name that I have that you might call me uh, so mm -hmm. hello Hmm. that um what you both said also like it excites me listening to it um because it triggers like um another part in in his book when and this part like is is really hard for me to really to understand at this point or to fully grasp um, when he's older, he begins, he like talks about, about death, right? And he has an experience in which he has, in which he basically, he almost dies, right? And, and has this vision. And in this vision, it involves him shedding all his connections to, to the world, to like earth, right? And coming to a point of acceptance that everything that he ever of acceptance of like full self, understanding that this is it essentially, um, and the and the bliss, the bliss coupled with the the emptiness at the same time, um, like really reminded me of what you were talking about, Charles. Mm. Um, and for for a young person that. Talking about talking about that, or even thinking about that, um, it's less bliss, more emptiness, because it's like because you, I mean, you don't want at least for me, I don't want to give all the the future seems like there's so much out there to do to experience, um, and it's such a uncomfortable sort of feeling to to even begin like think about oh it could be it could be gone like in 10 seconds from now you know mm. um i'm curious what what y'all like what your perspectives on on that is whether you could offer some some insights because it ties into the grasping for ties into the self or what the or what you believe yourself it is Coming to coming to terms with the really coming to terms with the idea that that's that that's arbitrary in a sense, and then, mm. but continuously doing that, mm. you know, living in that way. You just mentioned. Uh, uh, I think I. You just mentioned this idea of, uh, you know, that you, that you feel because you feel that, uh, being a young person, it becomes really difficult. For to let go of that idea, and 
I was then I, it came to my mind that okay maybe uh, this idea of being a young person this again is also you know kind of uh, information that we get from uh, maybe this idea that we are holding on to in in our minds and what actually then that brought me to the question that what actually is young and what actually is old and uh, so that you know this I think this conversation as you were speaking this at the back of my head this conversation was also going on that. Uh, young as in young uh, with age and young or or maybe you know that youth can be different for different people so maybe someone who is let's say in terms of uh, this labeling as an age someone is 50 years old they can have that still uh, youth uh, in, inside them of wanting to experience more of life and not wanting to let go of uh, you know the identity that we are talking about and maybe someone who is in the age wise 20 years old maybe is is okay with letting go of the identity that we are talking about so this idea of young also kind kind of seems to be a construct here <laughs> it makes me think of the how we can experience time so differently depending on our state of mind um or the type of presence that we bring to something like when we stop for a minute to do nothing, it might still feel maybe fast, but it probably feels a lot more spacious than if we were engaged in something otherwise, um, or just engaged in like tasks or your typical thinking or on your phone or something like that. And how to have more and more of your experience be one of that openness. Uh, it's making me yeah, think of that question of what does it mean to be old or young or, or maybe like an old person could have a, had a life that was not very open and spacious up until a certain point. And then something might happen where they shift into more of an awareness of this like point experience that is actually right here and then you could have one year maybe that is like longer or fuller than your whole life up until that point um which is exciting for me to think of you Ebenezer like considering this stuff uh, at your point in life and I mean, I mean, maybe ultimately it's, it's no different. If so someone is on their deathbed and they become fully aware, uh, they might have the full experience that, that you potentially could even at, at a young age. Uh, but it just feels exciting for me. It's making me wonder now and think about how you uh, sort of became aware of this or if you, if you feel like this is something that sort of has been a part of you, this curiosity or this openness, uh, your whole life or something, what, if you want to share, kind of triggered it to become more a part of your experience. Also because it feels like, um, and this is how it feels generally to me, that it doesn't matter your age, like in, in these kind of conversations specifically, for example, it, it doesn't feel like maybe me and Saka have any more authority on what we're exploring here than, than you do or what anyone does because we're just exploring something that is beyond kind of all of us and that we're each authorities on it 
if we're just being honest and open and present. Um, so yeah, that's a couple of different thoughts in different directions. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think to to Sakib's point, um, the the construct of young versus old, like that's that's a that's that's fair. Like perhaps it's just in my mind that like who's Hmm. Perhaps it is just in my mind as as far as oh I'm a young person versus an old person and I'm not and I'm con I'm constructing that. Um, I also think that that's like in a large part um, a result of the kind of system that I'm in that we're all in and and our propensity or our obsession with time um, that like pushes us towards achieving more and greater things because we're like it's almost like we're racing against against an inevitable inevitability um so thanks for pointing that out to me um rather but at the same time it's harder to it's easier said than than done to, to come to terms with that um i don't i suppose i've always been some like as a kid, I really enjoyed reading about like mythology and and really learning about different histories, different cultures, and how people how people thought and moved um, in the world. And I think and and I don't know. I suppose it hits me a little bit more strongly, um, or at least I. I Top like themes or themes around around death or the or the transientness of life seem to be there's they're really uncomfortable questions um, or and ideas that I don't that I'm I don't know it's it's it seems. I don't know whether I'm asking these questions earlier than most than people normally do, you know. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know whether I'm doing that, um, but it's but they seem to be such big questions without without answers. And when I look at what it, what exactly I want to do with my life, you know, um, from reading and from like looking at what other people have done, um, essentially. Those who found fulfillment also do something that that ties into that essential question of like of like what what occurs when you've done everything, you know, when there's nothing, when you don't have the time to do anything else. I hope I'm making sense. Mm -hmm. the, the thing I'm wondering is what the discomfort is like um yeah how would you describe it it's it's like um it's like a not a queasy feeling but but 
al uh, a feeling of like on stillness like in my like in my stomach when i think about the idea that i could be i could be gone hmm. you know that's that's where that's what that's what happens um yeah and it's like a it's like it's it's a that's that's basically what it is like a weird weird portion or convulsion in a sense like within my within my stomach yeah it sounds like uh begins with maybe a more kind of intellectual or philosophical exploration or consideration of something which triggers a feeling that kind of finds itself in the in the gut in some way or some kind of nauseous unsettled feeling mm -hmm. yeah i'm just kind of sitting with that feeling for myself because that's something that i can connect to uh i wonder how at the core for everyone or how much at the core for everyone there is kind of that pit of the stomach or like dropping sensation feeling that lives down there with these questions or like the question of, of death and maybe it triggers something. The, the first thing I'm thinking of also, uh, I would want you to, and maybe it would be hard for you to feel comfortable to say that, but I, I, I wouldn't want you like to, to push you to share like more about the feeling because I can feel myself moving into the mode that I'm typically in like throughout the week, which is when I work with individuals. And I just think this is so interesting. And it like my typical mode would be to move into the sensation and to like break the whole thing down and to see what the experience is now um, and how this it continually is a new experience and how like we we inevitably have the tendency to turn it into like a thing, a, a certain, we, maybe it's an existential anxiety or, or something like that. It becomes kind of a familiar category in a way. But for me, like one of the best answers to such a feeling is to engage with it creatively and like playfully and to see what it's like now in this moment and to get detailed with it and even to, be more on the imaginative side with it like what does it even look like uh it, it's what's the texture of it what what does it say to you and because that probably might be different for for everyone and or then what do you or maybe it says nothing and that could be frustrating or what do you say back um to it i'm just thinking of all this for myself because i can feel that like nauseous kind of feeling that's down there in the in the pit of my stomach and maybe is related kind of back to what I was describing of the looking for that structure of myself and not finding anything and there's some kind of terror feeling but there's also like wow this is amazing like this is it and I'm fully here and alive feeling at the same time it's making me think of the term like the, the quote-unquote ego or the thinking mind that maybe is is sort of on the cusp of being seen through and that sensation is 
is like a freak out of the maybe the bigger you kind of becoming aware or becoming awake and this other you that has been in control this whole time and has been playing by the rules of the game and sees this like this system thing as the ultimate reality and I have to play by these rules and and win in a particular way it's like there's something that's calling to show you something beyond it all not to say that that the the system is is unreal necessarily um, but it puts it in a different perspective which could maybe be a, a terrifying and nauseating thing for that part of all of us that is very tied to there being a like a, a me and a, a Charles and a certain making sense of my life and um, and and a complete incompre incomprehensibility of what it would mean for me to not exist, um, like for Charles to no longer be in terms of death. Like maybe this really scary thing there is the unknown because um, it's just beyond any comprehension of what that would even mean. Um, so I've, yeah, I, re I really appreciate your, your willingness to go into that area and also to share about your sort of in the moment experience. And I certainly relate to it. Um, yeah, I'm wondering what, what that's like for you or Sakiv or what uh, this brings up for you. Yeah, I think uh, as I was listening to you, I could feel I was just bringing my awareness to my chest. Okay, what am I feeling right now here? Uh, maybe, you know, these questions and I was kind of repeating the question in my mind uh, about death and about, you know, losing this uh, identity. And, you know, because as, as uh, Ebenezer said, that it's, it's easier said than done. You know, we can say here, okay, let's lose our identity or let's lose this idea of age that we have but it, it actually when we go you know when we end this session and we go into our world it becomes we we, we start behaving that way usually you know we will then identify ourselves with age we will identify ourselves with this identity but uh, and I remember a time when I used to have a lot of anxiety around this myself and it was even a uh, you know, phase in my life when I was very nihilistic about existence, that maybe nothing exists, you know, this, everything is just illusion and, you know, there's no point in even, you know, existing maybe. But uh, then I, I watched this video uh, on YouTube uh, and it was by Rupert Spira and in which, in which he was talking about the excitement of existence. And he was saying that how exciting it is to not know because for someone who knows everything, uh, it's like a boring kind of state, you know. I, I know all the answers. Maybe someone like, for example, right now what comes to my mind is someone like a Buddha maybe, you know, who's enlightened. It's like, I, I know everything. So now what is there to know? But this state in which we are, in which we don't know these answers to these questions, existential questions, it's a very... Um, exciting state to be in because now we have the opportunity to learn and know it's like a you know excitement that a kid has that oh you know what is this world around me and i need to figure that out and it's like going up the ladder and growing in each and every moment exploring that so when i when i listened to that video i my perspective totally changed and i was like yeah he's, he's absolutely right 
even this idea of uh, you know existing even this idea of just waking up and seeing that you know there is a world around me it is so beautiful it is so wonderful to explore because now there are so many things to explore and i can explore what this existence is about and it's exciting that you know even that there is a ball of fire in the sky and we call it a sun we don't even know what that is maybe it's so exciting to know about that and to know about everything so uh, that actually changed my perspective and however you know still at times i feel that uh, uh, anxiety as you mentioned but uh, gradually it has started becoming exciting Hmm. So make me think of the the energy that I think a few maybe all of us talked about at the beginning of this meeting too we were in the period of silence and there may be being some anxious energy and also just energy. Um, so I think mine could probably be described as both anxious and just energy, but I felt and still feel a ton of energy because maybe it's it goes along with that realm of the unknown, which, which is yeah, interesting. Maybe on one side, it's just two different perspectives. On one side, that's a scary thing. On the other, it's like a really fun thing. Um, and I was just, you mentioned the Buddha and I wonder if someone like that, maybe they, they know everything, but, uh, it, it reminds me of that line. It might be Socrates or something where it's like, all I know is that I know nothing and that, that that's maybe the deepest knowing, but then that makes everything exciting and interesting and like, I don't know what's going to happen when I walk back out of this office and what things will look like out there or what the rest of my evening will be like. I have some idea. Uh, and that idea might give me some sense of control over it, but it's also going to really limit what my experience could be of it. Um, like, I know I'm planning to get some uh, Iranian food and I'm excited about that. But I also want to just be totally open to the experience of it. Um, it's the I've been thinking a lot about duality recently. And it, this this is making me think of that and how it just maybe plays out in everything. Like there's the just this constant back and forth dynamic that is playing out in every moment of, and so maybe in this case, sort of the me that inevitably seeks control or is functioning in the world. And then the bigger me that is not bound by any of that. And that is like beyond time and space and that is totally alive and can just see how amazing this experience is. Um, but that both are there. And it's almost like I'm constantly sort of shifting back and forth between them. I wonder if they can be together, um, if that makes sense, or if you're, if we just sort of inevitably might go back and forth, or maybe you might just have an existence that is all on the one side of ego or all on the other side, maybe of, you could call it spirituality, uh, or if there's something where you kind of have 
both of those together. Mm. Yeah. Um, th yeah. That the as you were as you were speaking, a few things came up. Um, first, with like the duality piece. Um, like when I first like found out about like wellness and mindfulness and all of that, um, I myself and like my group of friends were like, okay, we're gonna get rid of our egos, basically, like ego death, transcending everything. <laughs> you know, don't think type of type of mindset. Um, but I found that, like, I found that that's not that's not necessarily correct right because we were doing it in the sense that okay we're gonna do this and it's gonna we're gonna, we're gonna get to the next level but there are many ways to get to that next level um and as far as duality goes um you could think you can take a like think about it from um like a societal perspective and say there are people living on an ego ego to like spirit no ego continuum um, and you'll find people on each side. And perhaps as a human consciousness, um, we then are able to inter interact with both parts of the spectrum. Um, but then on a personal on a personal note, it's like, I mean, you could say ego versus no ego, good versus good versus bad or whatnot. Um, and like being able to, to touch or or talk to both parts and 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 accept or at the very least acknowledge thoughts which come from various aspects or various parts without necessarily repressing them and then allowing yourself the fullness of decision making like capacity or capability so really as you're living life you you can you you can interact or 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 be a part of both worlds and find like a more wholesome um existence i think there's a there's a i think it's tao um there's like a i think a chinese principle that that reflects that um which i thought which i think is like pertinent to what we're what we're talking about mm. So it makes me think of the term within within Taoism of of Wu Wei. At least that's what I've heard it called, which is or Wu Wei Wu, I think, which is like action in inaction, or the term just might be inaction, but it's a way of acting without acting. Um, but it's inherently paradoxical. And there's also, I think, a line from from Lao Tzu, the the the. the assumed author of the Tao Te Ching, which is, says something like, all truth is essentially paradoxical in nature, uh, because I guess for it to be true, it, it has to comprise the, the duality or the poles. But so to express something that is true will sound paradoxical and nonsensical maybe in nature because it's uh, it's holding both pieces at the same time. Mm. Yeah, I think what uh, Ebenezer also mentioned, it, uh, my mind is there about being wholesome. 
uh, and having this wholesome experience of life from you know the spectrum of no ego uh, to ego and i was thinking that how i was in my mind just trying to imagine how does that situation look like because on at one as you mentioned charles pre, charles uh, previously that on one end uh, it's like you know having a lot of a lot of ego that okay i am this i am that and i want this i want that on the other end of the spectrum is this no no ego in which basically there is no i you know there is no i and uh, this concept of i itself is like a construct but then i was thinking of okay what can be you know maybe an existence which is uh, a broad which is kind of paradoxical as what you said right now uh, which louds us said uh, in which everything is encompassed a wholesome ex, uh, you know existence then i was thinking maybe is it something like in which i am existing in this body but i am also uh, feeling that oneness with everyone existence maybe you know uh, in 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 that case it might be that and i'm just uh, you know thinking this i'm not sure if this is even right again and right and wrong are also just concepts uh, that i have this identity of mine okay you know i am sakit but i'm not functioning from a place of ego in the sense that now i will not say that i want this for me i want that for me because i am also uh, i can also see that there is there is this oneness with existence in which there is no ego you know we are all one in that sense and then my actions become uh, maybe more compassionate so i'm just thinking about how it is how that situation looks like it makes me think of what alan watts has said about the ego life being like a game and maybe we we inevitably are playing the game there's this other thing like you could call it the dao but you can't ever have the dao or you could maybe call it god or any variety of terms the uh, that is cost, it's 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 the substance of everything uh and it's playing out through the game and the way alan watts talked about it at least from what i remember or my take on it is that there's a way of seeing the game of life and the ego life as a game through the perspective of kind of dropping back into spirit even though you can't really stay there you can maybe have more and more of that larger perspective that can then it can allow you to play the game with maybe more freedom or more flexibility or kind of more choice i think maybe like as you said it ebenezer and it's like it gives you more degrees of freedom within the everyday life of the game and i think the the way he put it was like noticing the game and shifting into more of a stance where it's it's no longer a game that has rules that you are supposed to win at the end but is is more like a child's game and you can move back into the space of playing i all i really have is the way that i can play in this role that it's gotten to this point somehow and this is what it is now and today i have the chance or maybe just in this moment i have the chance to play in the way that really feels like true to me and if i can just string together continual moments of playing in the way 
that feels right, I can have trust in maybe this big, bigger spirit thing that the game is going to unfold. Well, maybe just the game will unfold the way it's going to, no matter what. Um, but that maybe I can rely on just trusting in this moment, if I can kind of zoom out and engage in the way that feels right, that the rest of it will take care of itself. And I can let go of trying to figure the game out or winning the game, because all of that maybe is totally nonsensical. Um, there's really just kind of this move right here. And that's all I can take care of, like these words that I'm saying. And, and maybe I can, maybe there's some other continuum there. I don't know if it's like ego to spirit or whatever it is, but there's some continuum that I can gauge in any moment of how forced it feels or how like unreal it feels or inauthentic. It, so maybe authenticity, you could call it that how inauthentic it feels or how authentic it feels. Maybe I can never get to the, to the point of authenticity, but I can feel, I can gauge it and get closer to it. And then in this moment, I can try to express something that feels closer to that side of it. And then just keep trusting in each moment that I can keep doing that. Um, mm -hmm. It's also just interesting to notice how a point begins and ends just like me thinking of something and then attempting to share it like I don't know how I got to that thing or what it is that I'm trying to share with you but somehow a point starts and then it kind of gradually finds its end and I'm thinking of two ways that it can happen maybe there are many but one in which you feel like the point is closed or two in which you feel like you kind of lost the point and it's not worth pushing it any further and the ending of this recent point was somewhere in between those two. Mm -hmm. As you were speaking, um, I had a, I had a, I resonated with what you were saying. Um, and I think like at a, maybe I'm projecting, right? But I think life would at its, at its core, if you can find something that, that in which you really enjoy doing um, and comes across to you as a game, as like a childish game or or like playing music or like dancing if you were able to dance your way if if you could offer someone hey taking this perspective you will dance your way through life and have as much fun as you can possibly have throughout the entire throughout the entire thing irrespective of how long you live or how short you live people would take that and as you were explaining um that it's like as you were explaining kind of taking a step back and and acknowledging the game for what it is, making more decisions, allowing yourself more room to make decisions or at least live uh, to a greater depth. That was sort of the image that was in my mind of someone like taking a step back and really dancing and, and trusting the system or the universe or whatnot to do what it is that it will do. And you're a part of that flow and really enjoying that. Um, and I mean, and and when and what you said at the end about authentic, like a continuum of authenticity, is really poignant. Because as you were speaking, I also thought to, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, that would be amazing. But how can I, how could I do that? You know, um, especially as like a medical student who has like there are definitely concrete deadlines 
and things that you must know um, superimposed on, uh, on adventures and things that you could know and have the opportunity to, right? Um, so it's like, you're not, it's not all the, it's not gonna be a dance all the way and, you may, and it may not feel authentic the entire time. Um, but what, what I'm curious is to like, what methods can, can one use to, to begin to explore that, right? Um, for me, maybe like meditation is a way to begin to explore that and maybe like journaling um, and, and dreams may be a, another way to kind of explore that. Um, but um, just the way that I work, I'm like, okay, if that would be that would be ideal. So how can I how can I move in a way to get to that ideal? It makes me curious. You mentioned about uh, deadlines and you know you being a medical student, how there are like fixed uh, kind of uh, maybe things that you would study. Uh, what what I'm curious about is that is there a room a space to bring in something to your study which might be coming from the soul, you know, which might be. Uh, which is out of that flow and curiosity that you have and maybe going a bit beyond what, what is there in the, in the study and uh, exploring that. Is, is, is that the case for you? Yeah, there, there are. Um, and I think in a large part, what I've come to, to terms with or, or an understanding is that I have to, like I, I'm actively trying to Find, to place myself in a position where I'm doing that all the time, or at least I'm I've completely integrated that into what I'm to how I'm living. Mm. Um, yet it's that's a that's a journey, and it's a it's like a difficult one to to begin to uncover what you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, I'm just thinking for myself, like in my doctoral training, and. I guess some strategy of trying to connect with everything that I'm doing on that level of what is most meaningful to me and noticing if maybe my resistance to being able to be playful with something might be ego-based in some way. Like there's some resistance that I'm imposing on this or like, is it just that this thing is not congruent with that deeper thing for me. And then that can become a really, well, I guess it could co go two different ways. Like it could a, a become something that makes you decide to do something different um, or it, which could feel drastic. And like, especially if you've dedicated a lot of time to something and um, like, it, I was also thinking of the gut feeling. It's it, there's, there's a way of looking at it as like, it could be a, a terror of the ego and it's also maybe sp like spirit sort of calling giving you a sign or like showing you a door and and either way like could move you away from that feeling by but maybe filling it up with something or avoiding it or another is to go into it and it kind of leads you in some direction which could be scary but also really exciting um and alive and which maybe makes you be able to play this game in only the way you could, but it might also mean you sort of blazing your own path um, without a lot of security. Uh, but I'm just thinking for myself, 
like so back to my doctoral training um I guess two ways so one in which you just kind of like realize this isn't what I want to be doing or two you realize ultimately it is and yes I deeply connect to this work and this is just one thing that's along the path that I that I realize I have to get done and this thing doesn't represent that deepest playfulness but I can also like be playful about that like I realize I hate this thing and it's not that important but in order for me to do the thing that that I do really want to be doing, I have to do this. And it can maybe even take pressure off of it. I think it goes two ways because it makes me think of, uh, there's a term existential guilt that sort of, it became more and more a part of my life as I progressed in this, this PhD program because I realized a lot more and more of what I was doing was not actually representative of what I really wanted to be doing. And it would, and this existential guilt is the term I use for engaging with a paper or something or a task that is just not representative of like what I know about myself. And even if it's an easy thing to do, it might make it so difficult to do because it's like every type on the keyboard is like, this is, it's not me. Um, and so it would just be like almost painful to do it. And I think over time, I, I moved more in a direction of pulling away from like the typical path of, of, of the clinical psychology PhD and, and really kind of saw the, the getting the degree as an opportunity to break from the, the rest of the path uh, and move into something that's more my own, which feels like way less secure than, than how it might've looked if I continued down the path and like pursued licensure in clinical psychology and kind of stayed within the structure of psychology as a whole. Um, but, and I also just, I mean, I was really kind of lucky because I didn't get a fellowship position, uh, which would have probably put me down that path. And I'd be in a very different place now um, than I am now if I had gotten that position. So I'm very thankful. Uh, but at the time it was disappointing, but it was like, well, okay, now I have to just pursue this something that feels like it's coming from the core of me, um, which is kind of what I'm doing now, which is really exciting. And I don't know what it's going to look like in like a couple months from now. And it's just, it's just kind of happening and it feels great and it feels exciting, but there's like zero security to it. Uh, so yeah, that's just a, some of the stuff that I was thinking in response to what you were saying, I wonder what that sounds like to you. I mean, as you as you were speaking, um, I'm curious. Well, I think it relates to that feeling that um, we were talking about earlier, um, as it when we when we speak about death, um, and and what I thought was that perhaps like really sitting in that feeling like you mentioned and beginning to describe it and characterize it and, and even speak to it and use more imagination um, may like uncover, like may then prompt uh, you to live in a way that, that fully, that is more full, right? So kind of like, it, it seems to me when when you talk about that existential crisis, I thought to myself, perhaps 
perhaps that feeling that I get when I think of is an indication that I'm not, I'm not living in the way that fully fulfills myself. And if I were to be living in that way, then I'd be like, oh, well, I'm already dancing. So if the dance were to stop now, I've already, hmm. you know, I've had my fun type of type of deal. Um, and and so that's that's what that's that was the primary like insight or thought that came up as you were speaking. Um, and and then from that, I was like, I'm like curious as to like what the process of of kind of coming to or, or even acknowledging that existential guilt that you mentioned, what that process was like. Um, but that's that's an aside from like the like that main insight. Um, I saw Sakib, you like you smiled or Sakib, right? That's Sakib. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you smiled when I was when I uh, mentioned um, the when I mentioned that like the piece about the fulfillment. Hmm. Um, yeah, I can be, I smile because uh, as uh, you two are sharing, uh, you know, uh, this, uh, as Charles was saying, existential guilt, uh, it, it took me back to my old days, college, college days. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I remember how I would end up uh, reading stuff that was never related to my study. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember I so I did my MBA program and during that entire MBA program for two years I never even you know took up a single book that was related to MBA and apart from just you know studying cramming it up before exams and I would keep reading about spirit and that was the time when I was you know exploring spirituality and religions and I would just have books all around me of religions and uh, once there was this professor who entered my room and he was shocked to see that there was not even a single book on, uh, you know, <laughs> MBN. It was all about religion and spirituality. And he told me that you are in the wrong course. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I was smiling because of that, because those memories just popped up. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... Hmm... Hmm. But I'm wondering it gives me cause, like it gives me cause to pause. Hmm. Sorry. No, you were saying something. No, I, I was just I was just like thinking out loud. Okay. No, I'm, I was just wondering that uh, is is there uh, uh, an answer to this? Like we, we I think the three of us uh, mentioned about this uh, existential guilt and you know this idea of uh, studying something, but, you know, wanting to maybe this core energy coming from the core, wanting to explore something else, uh, and then having these doubts, whether I'm doing the right thing here or not, I'm just wondering, and the listener might be listening to this, uh, uh, podcast and they might also be wondering, okay, so what do I do about it? You know, if, if, if that is the situation, if I am, uh, in that situation where let's say I am, in a particular job or a university where I'm studying, but my energy wants something else and it doesn't want me to study that, but maybe explore something else. So what is the solution to that? I'm just wondering. Seems like an eternal question. 
maybe one that there can't ultimately be an answer to. Like, I wonder if that feeling just just also inevitably is there hmm. as as a person, like as just as you exist, you sort of are an ego self in a way. And I wonder if no matter what, even if you just, you know, you find the thing that you feel most passionate about and it's still going to maybe be there ultimately. So maybe it's a, but there's the potential shifted relationship of harmony maybe between the, this, this deeper spirit quote unquote self and the ego self where can accept some of this discomfort that might just inherently be living there at the core and -hmm. develop more of less of a relationship of conflict and more of a like listening kind of like what we were saying before of just trying to hear what is what is this discomfort a what is it really like and then maybe if it had a voice what might it say because it I mean and maybe that's that could be a good barometer in terms of a practical way of going about it does it say something like hey you should not be doing this at all this is not representative of who you are like get the hell out of here this is like this isn't right or it could be like more on the side of uh, i don't know uh, or like it's or it's pointing in a in some particular direction or it might be saying something totally unrelated to the stuff that you're thinking it might be related to um could go back to maybe something like from childhood likely it probably does there's maybe there's a bunch of things in there that are these different maybe voices still calling out for stuff and they've never really been listened to and to potentially to listen to them and allow them to speak maybe nothing changes in your life but there is this greater sense of relief just through letting those things speak or just letting the discomfort really be there and and allowing it to be there versus maybe a secondary discomfort of trying to get rid of the discomfort um if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Uh, that's kind of maybe a consolation to some of the pause that you're you're describing ebenezer because i just wonder if it's it's just inevitably there and you can just try to listen as clearly as possible to yourself and and make the decisions based on that but maybe there never is really a clear answer and and the shift can be that being okay what do you think yeah i think i mean i i find myself agreeing with with what you're saying um and and i think lit i really i really think it in the sense of boils down to listening to listening to that feeling uh, to yourself and in general um in the past i've been like in the past i've been more of a non-listener to myself where it's like i have a goal i'm gonna get there irrespective of what of what i need to do to like get there sort of deal whether or not i'm comfortable in that process um and that's brought with it a lot of like personal turmoil. And I have, I have definitely had, and I've definitely had um, more dreams that someone is out to like kill me 
or mm. like attack me than I think other people have. So maybe that and like that kind of ties into mm. my my thought processes. Um, but I found that once I've once I've began ex- sort of accepting who I am, those dreams have have, have occurred less and less, and and actually when the variations of those in which I um, find come to terms or peace with the my attacker or aggressor have happened. Um, so that's I, I strongly resonate with the listening piece. Hmm. Maybe just going within, uh, like when we have such questions, maybe just going within to find the answers. Uh, and this reminds me when, you know, uh, I had this question and now it's coming in my mind that when I had this question during my course that whether should, you know, what, what am I doing here in this course? Uh, why am I doing, why, why am I even doing this MBA? I should not be here. And then I remember that, okay, uh, you know, uh, uh, there was this voice inside me telling me, uh, why did you come here in the first place? Uh, you know, remember that, why did you come here? And then I remembered, okay, uh, yeah, because, yeah, because this is my decision, you know, of, of doing this program. And I know that I have to do this no matter what I'm thinking in this moment. So there are, these are like two kind of different voices, one which knows deeply, which is within, and the other one is like out there, which which is, you know, having that anxiety. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that um, the that that analogy or the perspective of like that touched on excitement, the fact that um, coming to terms with existence or just appreciating, showing gratitude for the fact that you are existing and the and the unknowns that come with that, I I really like that. Um, um, and one might say because from one end, when you're talking about the unknown or listening, there's so much to listen to and so much that you don't know, right? Um, and that might seem like a insurmountable obstacle or a boulder or mountain that you have to climb. Um, but like flipping it is like, oh, wow, there's for the remainder of my life, I get the opportunity to, to find out more about myself and grow in that way. Um, and so that's, it, it stirs something within me. Hmm. It sounds like a shift sort of into play or into the stance of like, oh, wow, look at all of this first and versus wow, like there's all of this I have to figure out. Um, and maybe there's some relief in the, like there is no end point to that figuring out process. I was also having the vision of the attacker uh, and I was imagining sort of us all having that in some way, maybe even related to the, that gut feeling in, in some way and that we might all be running from it our whole lives and you know you just sense it so there's the the urge to run away and it sounds like we might be talking about a different potential strategy of noticing it and just turning and like and waiting and then seeing what happens although that's a really scary thing but maybe that's the only other alternative to just continually running even though maybe in the back of your mind it's like i'm not running anywhere and it's not any better than where i was before and 
so what will happen when I turn to this thing? Um, I'm just imagining the attacker, you know, like coming there and, and trying to scare you or, or something. And then they just like, well, uh, what do I do now? Um, yeah, I'll probably, I feel like that image will linger with me after this. What's this been like? Uh, we've really sort of dived into some very deep, basic questions. Um, what's it been like for you, Ebenezer? It's, it's been good. It's been good. Um, I definitely, like, I definitely, I definitely have, like, came in with some, some thoughts, some ideas that I've been like grappling with, um, and this has helped kind of flush those, flush those out, um, in a sense, and also um, given me new perspectives in which to look at, look at things. Um, so, like, it's been, it's been great. How about, how about for y'all? I just, I really appreciated your willingness to bring yourself to it and to share these like kind of deep, personal, basic things that have been on your mind and that you face. And uh, I feel sort of honored to have explored it with you and you've provided, you know, all of the meat for this exploration and I certainly resonate with so much of what you're talking about um so I, I feel really appreciative of your willingness to to do this with us yeah and for me also uh, I love the part uh, Ebenezer the way you uh, expressed what you are thinking uh you know the, it becomes sometimes difficult to express what uh what questions we have or what we are thinking but the way you express that I really like that and this was a, a very interesting, deep exploration. Uh, loved it totally. Yeah, you might tell we went, I feel like way longer than we have gone thus far, which yeah. is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. I don't know if you wow. want to shift into something just experiential to finish up. Yes, let's, uh, let's see what comes up today uh, in this, uh, short meditation that we might do. I don't know what, there's no plan as such, but whatever comes up. So yes, uh, we can get into our meditative posture now. And if you wish, you can gradually close your eyes. And maybe we can start with the breath. Observing the inflow and the outflow of the breath.
And then maybe we can contemplate on this question. What is this I? What is this identity of mine? What does my name represent? And what are the memories from the past that build up this I, this identity? What is that story of your life? And then how would it feel if you have to let go of that, if we have to let go of this identity? How does it feel to be no one in this moment? To be absolutely no one. And then how does it feel to be absolutely new and fresh in this moment? What is it about this person? This consciousness of yours, this body. What is it about this being that can be explored? What might be the new version of this being who has given up the previous identity.
and then in your own time you can gradually bring your awareness to the presence of your surroundings and then gradually again in your own time you can come out of the meditation Thank you for that socket. My pleasure. Yes, that was, that was amazing. I can just say I'm, I'm left with uh, something that was lingering with me and that is lingering with me now I'm, is again the image of sort of the quote unquote attacker. And I'm left with the feeling of like excitement to face it uh, to like stand up i feel very kind of emboldened to and i think there are a lot of maybe different manifestations of the the attacker that i can think of um but i feel very sort of encouraged to move into that feeling whatever that is for me and like not run from it and just like even seek it out in a way um so i'm kind of i feel like uh, kind of excited by that for me yeah me, me as well I feel I feel excited to to do that like daily you know usually I'm say I'm working or like in the kitchen I'll be like listening to music or a podcast um, but I'm looking forward to not listening to those things and rather listening to myself and and seeing what comes up and having that experience. For me, I think it was uh, this question, uh, as this guidance was coming up in the meditation, I was thinking that, okay, I have been holding on to this identity of Sahib and you know, I have been told about, okay, these are, this is what I am. These are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. This is my degree and everything. And maybe now is the time to explore myself more. You know, this gives me the opportunity to maybe see myself in a new light, in a new way. And maybe something new might come up about me uh, that can help me in the future. So uh, it was like more of a, opportunity to knowing some those aspects of myself which I might have not known yet because of that past identity mm. that I was carrying. Exciting. Yes. Uh, is, is there anything that it, there doesn't have to be you might feel on the spot too but I, um, I before we end is there anything Ebenezer that you might want to share with the audience it could be something like more specific or logistical that you want them to know, or just a message 
that you might want them to know through this experience before we finish? Anything like that for you? It's also fine if not. No, nothing, nothing comes up. I, I think, I think we had a good conversation. Hmm. Great. Sounds good. For time today. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the What Is Now experience. We hope that you liked the episode. If there were any insights or ideas arising for you as you were listening to our conversation, then you can share those ideas through your comments. We would love to know. Stay tuned for the next episode. Namaste.